Good morning, Rose City, Stumptown, Rip City, Bridgetown, PDX, Little Beirut, Birvana. These are my names for you. Homesick. That's my name for you. I know that you're extremely homesick and it's making you sick, which makes me very sad for you and me. I'm just getting migraines and it's, I don't think it's just the, the homesick. It's, it's the weather is literally killing me. So I'm pretty sure I broke my shoulder. And because this is America, even when I've had health insurance, I didn't have the money to pay for the costs yes. associated with going to the hospital, even with insurance. Because apparently in America, not only do you have to pay for insurance, but you then have to pay for your medical care. It's fucking bullshit. So I, I have pain when it gets cold in my right shoulder. I think I broke my shoulder at some point. Well, I think Sierra broke her left one. So together you guys have a single working shoulder blade because she's supposed to go get sonograms or they did an x-ray and and they think it might be tissue and not bone. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It works. It just hurts when it's cold. Yeah. It clicks sometimes. And sometimes I have some weakness when I'm exercising in my shoulder. I think you guys both exercise a lot and that could be aggravating it because, um, I'm pretty sure I hurt myself either falling off my horse or working at the post office. Well, either is just as likely. Yeah. So podcast world, we just want to say we're sorry for living in a fog Which I just recently learned FOG stands for fear, obligation, and guilt. And it describes how people who are close to you will manipulate you. Like people with personality disorders are really guilty of this. Will manipulate you by playing on your fears, like fear of abandonment, um, the obligation you feel towards your family, and the guilt. So when someone's like, if you leave me, I'm going to kill myself. That's an example of the fog. Or if your mother is like, well, if you really loved me, you'd come to Christmas. That's that's a fog. Oh, well, I think all of us have a fog mother. Fog mother. Fog mother. Sounds more badass than it is. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I think I'm a fog monster. I try not to be. I'm very hyper aware of when my disorders erupt and I'm being a total douche. It's the sad thing about being aware because I'm like, I'm sorry. I know that that was... Not an appropriate response to what's happening. Yeah, it's uncomfortable sometimes when you're like, I see what I'm doing and I can't stop it. Yeah, it's like a train wreck. I like you can't you can put the brakes on, but the train's not going to stop. It's just going to keep going. That's kind of how I've been lately. I'm just like, brake, brake. And then the brake comes out in my hand and I'm just like, I know I'm supposed to fucking stop, but I guess I'm going to have to crash into a thousand things before I fucking stop. That's life right now. I mean, sometimes crashing into things is what stops the runaway train. I guess. I mean, yeah. Is there carnage? Yeah. Do people get hurt in the process? Yeah. But I mean, isn't that life? Life is messy. Life is not. I don't understand how everybody can just like do things they're supposed to do. And I say this all the time, but it's really a conundrum for me. And I'm finally in therapy podcast world. So maybe I'll figure some of my shit out. How do people like do it? I think everybody needs to be in therapy. And I really think that like most 
of the problems we have are because people have unresolved trauma that they're just dealing with in the most inappropriate ways. But what about unresolved trauma from past lives? I know that we are obsessed with past lives and reincarnation, but sometimes I wonder, some of the stuff I'm dealing with, I get is ancestral and I can see like my grandma did this and my mother did this and I'm trying not to do this. But then some of it's like, where the fuck is this coming from? This is trauma from another dimension or another life. Yeah, I think that could be part of it. I also think that there is some really promising science in the field of epigenetics. And that is basically basically epigenetics. They're genetics that your direct family members, due to stress or whatever, physically changes your DNA. So like they have been studying the epigenetics of Holocaust survivors and their grandchildren. And basically it's like how trauma is passed down through the DNA. That's fascinating. And it it makes a lot of sense that you and I have a lot of similar issues because we share DNA, but we weren't raised in the same environment per se. So it's, it's always fascinating. And this is a topic that I'm completely fascinated by because giving up for adoption, it's always made me wonder. I always wondered, is she going to be anything like me or is she going to be this like person that I can't even sit in a room with? I'm so scared. I love this person so much. And then I'd be like, no, I know. Just I knew like she, not that you're going to be like me, but that you're going to be someone that I could hang out with. And now I feel like you're my closest friend. I mean, sometimes being my closest friend, you have to deal with all of my ridiculous bullshit, but you understand where I'm coming from somehow. And I'm like, I feel really bad, but I don't even have to explain to her why I'm being ridiculous. Oh, no, I get it. Sometimes I do have to take a moment and I'm like, empathy. I have been practicing radical empathy as much as I can, and it's really difficult. But basically, when someone cuts me off in traffic, instead of being like, fuck you, motherfucker, I hope you die, I uh, think, all right, maybe they're going through something today. Maybe someone in their life is is sick or dying or they're working through some unresolved trauma and this has nothing to do with me. I hope they find wellness and they get the help that they need. Well, I, I think that's a great thing to strive for. It's harder and easier with loved ones. Like the whole reason why we haven't podcasted is because some of it is just I'm overwhelmed by my workload and teenagers and some of it is um and animals (laughs) and some of it is i'm just like oh that brings me joy i'm going to defecate on myself even further since i'm already down like in a sea of feces why don't i just put the final last turd on my head that's going to drop me into an abyss of shit. So we're both exhausted trying to do this because we we know that we need to because if we don't, then it doesn't happen. So it's like forcing something. I mean, what have we talked about recently when we talk on the phone? We haven't even been on our normal rants on the phone. That's sad. It's It means that like the cold around us has like gripped our souls and we're just immobilized. Although I did talk to my therapist about the whole, like, I feel like I'm frozen and that we've talked about how, you know, the entire universe right now is stuck in like freeze mode of the fight, flight or freeze. And she was like, oh, yeah, I'm seeing that everywhere because you can't run away to where you want to way to or away from the people that you're around because the world is so uncertain. And so making any kind of decision just seems impossible, which is why it's been impossible to even meet up. 
on here together. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is one thing that I still have a little bit of juice in my tank about, and that is this fucking Christian adoption agency and their fucking cult. I don't even know what you want to call it. Like they're making children do their dirty work for them. Listeners can learn about this. My mom sent me a link because a friend of hers child has to do a survey for school. And she's like, they need to get as many people to do this as possible. And I was like, I like taking surveys. I'll do this. But it was some weird Christian adoption agencies like propaganda. Right. And it really upset me on a level that I didn't anticipate. And I got really angry because they were kind of like downplaying the effects of adoption on birth mothers and adoptees. And I just feel like everybody loses except for the adoptive parents who get a baby and they're so happy because they have a child that they've always wanted that they like completely overlook all of the trauma. I should have been in therapy from day fucking one just to check in, just to make things were going well. And I definitely had some depression when I was like 9, 10. I remember I had horseback riding lessons and I loved going there. And I had a blast when I was there, but I never wanted to go. I never wanted to go, even though I loved it and I would be happy when I would get there and never wanted to go. I see that in my kids too. And unfortunately, my generation and even your parents did this a little bit, but my parents did not. They forced me to go. They were like, I don't care if you want to go. You're fucking going. You made a commitment and we're going to do this. And I can say that I do think that some of the things that I used to hate that my parents did, like I had to cook and clean and I had to do all these. It made me capable, though, even though a lot of it was like downloading like way more than a kid should normally do. But then that forced me on the other side to swing and do like overdo things with my kids which I think has also caused a little bit of depression. Like, you know, you shouldn't let your kids decide their life. They're kids. They, they should, you should be deciding what's best for them, not them. Yes. Check in with them. I think therapy is important. If you see signs that your kid is like not doing the things that they love or not engaging in certain things, those are red flags. Let's, let's, let's get some other people involved because guess what? This is why raising parents, raising kids and raising parents is so hard because we used to be communal people. We had five aunties and, and grandparents to fill in the blanks where that parent is struggling. And now we just have struggling families who are overworked, extremely tired, have too many responsibilities, and we're not able to give to ourselves or anyone else because of it. We are failing ourselves and everyone else around us because we're not but back to the adoption thing, because it pisses me off, too. And I'm sorry I went off on a rant. And that probably had nothing to do with anything. And that's the part of being exhausted. I don't make a lot of sense. So this might fit somewhere else. But these people put signs up. Are you pregnant and scared? Well, you're 14 and you're pregnant. You're probably fucking scared. So you go to this place. And then they tell you you have no choice but to either have this child or have an adoption. There are no other options or you're going to fucking hell or you're a horrible person. And then they show you the fetus and they say it's older than it is. And they do all these like tactics, but they're not going to help you when you're 16 and you're working three jobs and you and that child are struggling. It's a mess. And there's no, and there are no resources. I should have been in therapy too. Like there was, there was nothing, nobody, I even asked once, I'm like, shouldn't I talk to somebody about this? I mean, I talked to all my friends. 
I talked to everybody. I'd be like, this is my story. I am traumatic. I don't know how to deal with this. And I would tell everyone. That was probably you seeking help, you know, like trying to get someone to tell you something to help, like just sharing your story. And, and a lot of therapy is talk therapy, and that's good. But a therapist knows what you're saying beneath what you're saying and and they can help you. Yeah, I love my therapist. She 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 digs in and so I'll start talking about something and she is just like, "So why do you feel like you have to solve everyone's problems?" And then I'm like, "Fuck. I've never thought of this." Obligation. That's the O in the fog. Exactly. And it's the fact that my whole life I've been taking care of people because my parents were babies and they were psycho and angry. And as a child, I would just constantly be trying to make everything okay. And that has trickled over into my life where I feel responsible for everything and everyone around me. And it's not okay. I don't need to repair the world. No, I don't I don't need to repair shit. I just need to work on me. So I have a lot of this. And I've recently come to realize that I have basically torpedoed my own life because of fear, obligation, and guilt. And if I would have just been like, fuck you, deal with your shit on your own, I'm going to do me, then I would be probably uh, in a successful career. I'd be back home and I wouldn't be miserable thinking about the sweet release of death almost every day. And I say that a little bit in jest, but a little bit not in jest. Like, I don't want to die because I don't think you can eat after you die. And I'm, I love food. <laughs> and that's a big motivation for me to not die because food is delicious. And I haven't had pizza in like seven months. And I really want pizza. I think I'm going to fly us to go get pizza. I, I, I have room on this credit card. So I'm just saying like pizza, Mount Hood magic sounds like it might be like a bandaid on. Some Don't of our play shit. with me. I'm not. Don't play oh, with girl. my heart. I'm not playing. I am straight up serious. And you know it. I know serious. it. You know it. <laughs> I'm like, when let's go. Okay. We can be reporting live from happiness. And all of a sudden they're like, this podcast went from like total depression to like darkness. <laughs> to like, listen to this magical shit that happened today. The thing is, is we wouldn't leave. I think once we get there, That's the problem. we would both be like, I don't want to go back. Neither do I. Okay, let's never go back. Let's just buy some lottery tickets and hope for the best. <laughs> I have spent a thousand dollars in lottery tickets, I think, in the last oh in the last like two months. I literally am like, it's in the hundreds, because I've just been like, I am going to get out of my situation one way or the other. So that's rational. That's rational thinking. I'm sure that's a sign that I am mentally well and yep. that I <laughs> It is like a, dis it's like an escapism, like a... It gives you false hope, which is nice sometimes. Any kind of hope is nice. Because then I can... When you feel hopeless. Well, you can fantasy land shit. You can be like, and maybe this is just part of the winter. I do believe this because I get seasonal depression. This year it's way worse. But when it's cold, and it's been extremely cold, you know, we go inward. We think of death because everything around us is dying. Okay, and, and that's even more projected this year. So that's normal to be completely introspective and to get a little depressed. I think when spring comes, I do, I'm so in tune with nature that I have a feeling that I will start to see the seeds that I have been placing and the ideas. I'm hoping that some of this starts sowing and I start feeling like 
excited and invigorated by life again. And being able to be outdoors will definitely help that too. Well, the sun is out here today. So I had that like, you know, seasons are just different back home. Like winter isn't as fucking depressing because there's still green all around you. There's like ferns and dug firs and, and there's lots of trees and it's green and there's all sorts of plant life. I mean, year-round flowers. And it snows for like an hour, maybe once every couple of years. And it's whimsical and fun. And everybody like gets their skis out and skis around downtown and makes tiny snowmen. And like everything's closed and it's just fun. It's just a fun time. And then it gets warm and it's like in the 50s and things start blooming really early. And it's just beautiful. And there's like this feeling of springtime that just gets into your bones early before spring even happens. And like by the time spring is sprung, you're like so alive and in touch with the flowers and the bees and the birds, the sun. And I don't know. There's just something about like sure there's like dark rainy days, but for the most part, there's usually a sun break. And when there's a sunbreak, it doesn't feel so fucking miserable because it's not like it's dark all fucking day. It's like dark. And then the sun comes out and it's like, how you doing? Here's your vitamin D. And then it goes away again. And you're like, I'll see you later, son. I don't know. I really like waking up in darkness. So I love waking up and it'll be like overcast and cloudy. It feels like a blanket to me. And I'm like, ooh, okay. Yeah, this is how I want to start my day. Let's like ease into it real slow. We'll, we'll start off, have a little darkness. And, and later when I'm feeling more awake, the sun can come out again. Yeah, okay. And then and when I'm awake and the sun comes out, and I'm like, oh, we're in this together. You and me, son, we're, we're doing it. We're alive. And then as it gets dark again, I'm like, well, it's time to go to bed. So let's put this darkness back on. I don't, I love it. I kind of like that though. I, I mean, but we all, we are emotional about our environment. Everybody is like one of the things that you can do in life. Uh, I just did this conference and it was like stress reduction, but one of it is change your environment. If it's not working for you. Unfortunately, I live with teenagers. Do I just leave them? And just like, hey, changing my environment, y'all. You can have my house. I'll send you money for groceries. Good luck. Good fucking luck. Because this shit sucks. Not every day. And I love my kids. I really do. It's just, it's a hard time. It's a hard time. It's very hard. It's hard for them. It's hard for you. You want to be empathetic. They're pushing you away. Yeah. That's normal. They're supposed to. It's just part of life. But part of me is like, you pushing me away. Well, then maybe I should just go away. Because like. Going away sounds kind of awesome. But then I... <laughs> Bye-bye time! No, I mean, I can tell, though. Like, I can read their, you know... And, and it's funny, at least, like, when I'm not getting along with my son, then my daughter is very sweet to me. And when my daughter and I aren't getting along, my son's very sweet to me. Now, the day they both are like, I'll just get in my car and drive away. Like, I will just be like, hey, I'm going to visit anybody for 10 days. Bye. You have another parent. Goodbye. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I don't, I need to start offloading. And I am. I, that's the thing that therapy is teaching me is that, you know what? You're not going to make it 
if you see me, do you see me? I look like I've aged since the last what time we podcasted. I look. Oh, absolutely. Like, I don't want to be mean about it, but I was like, oh, shit. No, I look 50 years older. I know the part of it I need to shower, but I've gained some weight. I'm stress eating. I am exhausted. I'm not sleeping. I have bags under my, do you see that? Like, that's insane. That wasn't there last time. Like, maybe a little bit. I have to take care of myself or I'm going to be dead. You're going to come on and be like, there's a skeleton there. What happened? I'm still talking somehow. So we're just going to keep recording. I don't know. Yeah. Um, (laughs) We're still rolling. Yeah, I, uh, I do feel that. And I do think that if I were given therapy at a much younger age, if I was taught how to take care of myself. And I'm not just talking about the things that I should have learned about like doing my dishes and laundry and, and cooking for myself and but like balancing a budget. Not that. I'm talking about mental health. I'm talking about self-care because there's this whole self-care trend right now. And I don't think we know what self-care is. You know, self-care isn't allowing yourself to stay in bed all day. Self-care isn't you know, treating yourself to a, a, a chocolate or something. Self-care is the hard work of figuring out what the fuck is going on in your life. What is wrong? Unpacking that shit, hopefully with a therapist and really putting in the effort to put yourself first. And I think that's a problem we have a lot, especially as women in this society, we're taught to take care of everyone else first and, you know, get to yourself eventually. But really, it's it's that old, put your mask on first before you can help anyone else. And we don't do it. We really don't. And I have been trying, and it is fucking hard to put myself first. It is fucking hard. I used to have Wednesdays as my day for myself, and I don't even have that anymore. Therapy kind of teaches you how to live for yourself and living for other people and not what calls to your soul is always going to leave you feeling disappointed. It's not like you shouldn't do things for other people. You can't enjoy volunteering or, or donating your time, but you choose where you put your time. You choose what you do, who you spend your time with, where you are, and that'll make you happier than anything else.